0: Welcome to the fifth episode of Demol Belkia Season 11 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Halmston, and joining me as always is the Canadian who has been told many a time to avoid eating spicy hot dogs, Logan Salandas. Good morning. Good morning. Ever so slightly earlier than normal because Logan has a prior engagement. Lunch. I, I learned something new
1: this week, that the UK musician Robbie Williams... Uh, was in a major film production. Which one? Apparently, Hook. Apparently, Robbie Williams was in Hook, or and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Doctor Doolittle.
0: It was sometime around the uh, the time of the millennium, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy,
1: <laughs> Robbie! Will- it's like no, it's not
0: Robbie Williams. He did not do the voice of Genie and Aladdin. I can assure you. For a show that loves a challenge all around movie music and movies generally, oh, that was painful. Especially as I knew what film that clip was from.
1: And I mean, I guess it explains how so we got to be musician, right? Write his own songs from uh, when he was in the Dead Poet Society. So that's probably how we learned how to write lyrics for songs.
0: <laughs> I mean, this was. I would say a bit of a downer episode compared to last week. Last week was a barnstormer. This one was a little bit less entertaining, dare I say it?
1: I cringed at their lack of film knowledge, and the only one they got was a Steve Teo gimme film.
0: Yeah, ov- obviously a less good Belgian Mole episode is still like eighty, but this one was a little bit like, nah, a little bit less entertaining, I would say.
1: Well, just think of the run we've been on for the past three weeks. It's tough to... And plus, it's a a Loved Ones episode as well. And the general rule with Survivor, The Mole, or really any reality shows that any episode involving Loved Ones, unless it's Johnny Fairplay with the Thunder D, that tends to be the slower episode in the back half of the season that doesn't really get as much attention.
0: Yeah, be very careful here, because if you start talking about loved ones episodes and how boring they are, Michelle will just pop up and go, I told you so, I don't hate my children. <laughs> I just remember even my, uh,
1: my parents, whenever it would be the loved ones episode on Survivor, they always skip through those scenes every time.
0: Yeah, Belgium Mole is very good at finding creative ways to include the loved ones. <laughs> like turning them into robots. Like turning them into robots, or indeed, if you cast your mind back to Vietnam, making them have, uh, have dinner with their loved ones, and we get to meet the the wonderful Bruno's wife, who seemed to have been possessed by a demon in, uh, in one of her reactions <laughs> to Made One of Our Banners. I'm glad that nobody spooned or
1: humped the robots at night. Imagine just like, oh no, oh no, Thomas is humping the robot, you know, that's just a robot, right Thomas? It's like that episode of Futurama with the Kidnapster episode.
0: That's not Lucy Lou. Ruben just pulls one of the producers aside and goes, Guys, are these robots wiped clean?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just get some... Just bring this little robot.
0: <laughs> this is veering towards your video territory now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just picturing all them with the robots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two small bits of housekeeping to begin with while Logan cackles in the background. Number one is that Bindle's suspicions last week were in order Toast, Thomas, Lancelot, Reuben, Comfort, and then Lisa-Lot. And the bigger one, which you don't actually know about necessarily, although you do know a little bit of this, is the fact that I can now confirm that we will have a presence at the finale this year because I am going.
1: Ooh! Splendid.
0: I had it confirmed uh, last Thursday evening and then quickly had to book all of my flights and stuff because it was only like three weeks away, but I am indeed going on the 7th of May. Yeah, it's coming up quick. In what form, we will find out a little closer to the time, but obviously this is our, our annual plea to say please send in any questions you want me to ask to the final three, given how close we are getting to finding out who those final three are. Or indeed, Jill, if I can corner him then obviously just fire your questions over and I'll try and ask as many as I can.
1: And if we can fundraise $1,000, then I can go to the finale with you. This is the PBS
0: spot. The Patreon is is empty on the Logan Fund at the moment, so if anyone wants to contribute towards Logan coming to the finale, you've probably got to hurry up, but...
1: $1,000 will get me into Belgium.
0: Patreon.com slash Warriors. The bit of this you don't know is that... Friend of the podcast, Lowell Taylor, is also going to be in Belgium that weekend.
1: I saw that, yeah. Are you going to, oh, are you
0: meeting up with him there? Uh, that is certainly on the cards, yeah, because Antwerp is a lot closer to where he's racing than uh, Brussels was. So I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to meet up with Lowell as well.
1: Yeah, you've been in touch with him?
0: I've been in touch with Julie and uh, she's she's checked the dates and he is there that weekend as well. So with a bit of luck, oh. I'll get to, uh, to meet up with Lowell. Get a video of him calling you an asshole. <laughs> Jeez. which, if you know anything about Lol, is about as far from what you can imagine LOL saying about Logan. He's a lovely human being. Also, I'm sure you want to know about um, about the latest saga of Harmstone Heights. So, got a bed frame now, got the desk and everything, which I think I told you about the desk last week, but the bed frame's now there and been built. And uh, got the burglar on Monday, and it's one of the snazzy ones where I can use an app on my phone to remotely arm and disarm it. And I got an alert at eleven o'clock on Monday evening, going, "Yeah, there's been an error with one of the um, one of the sensors." I'm like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Because I wasn't oh. planning on being up there again till Thursday, so I'm now having to go up tomorrow to then be in for the um, the burglar alarm guys to come back and uh, try and fix the issue that they caused.
1: When do you permanently settle into
0: Harmstone Heights? Be a few weeks, I reckon. It'll be oh. maybe a week before the uh, the mall finale as it stands.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, May 1st, essentially?
0: Yeah, because I've still got to get... Well, the mattress is meant to be coming on Thursday, which is why I was meant to be uh, going up there. But that's the last kind of major bit of furniture, I think. And then it's just a case of making sure any building projects are done before I, I move up there proper and that sort of stuff. And then being down here for the two more birthdays that we've got before the end of the month in my family. Right. So... Previously, everyone tried to change the future and stop a bomb going off in a missile silo, where Lancelot and Liselot were left behind and resisted temptation to win the group 5,000 euros. Three of the candidates played bingo before Comfort got the chance to go back in time and save herself at the execution, her green screen meant that history could be rewritten, and Lila went back to the future, otherwise known as Flanders, as she was the fourth person sent home. And we begin, weirdly, with a bit of a flashback, in that we see people's reaction to Lila going home.
1: Yeah, Comfort was bummed out because... Layla essentially sacrificed her spot in the game to keep comfort in the game. And then everyone was contemplating, will anyone bother suspecting comfort for the rest of the season?
0: And the answer is almost certainly no. Because she tries her best
1: in the, in the grocery store challenge where I think she tried to screw it up on purpose.
0: Yeah, she just kind of flails around.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, 0% battery. I didn't notice that. That's convenient. Oh, and Toos twos reveals he went all in on one person. He pulled a Yan.
0: He did. Weirdly, not the uh, not the last reference that Yan going to get in this episode, but yeah, Toast did indeed confirm that he went all in, and I think maybe Ruben did as well last week, if I remember rightly, on the assassin uh, execution bit. So Comfort says the execution was tough because it felt like Lila sacrificed herself to give her a spot, and it also hurt that four others wouldn't help her in the group. Thomas says if you knew this twist was coming, you would know what emotions to fake, so you can't rule comfort out just yet. Lancelot says the mole could want to be in the car, as you can clear all suspicion of yourself that way. And Toast thinks he's the only one who went all in. The episode title is All You Gotta Do Is Trust Me, That's All You Gotta Do, From A Star Is Born. Never seen it. Neither have I. And it's day 11 in Tucson, and the trip is over half away. Toast finds a card in the fridge, and when everyone awakens, they read it to find out that three people have to go grocery shopping, while the other three will show off their cooking skills.
1: Yeah, I hear they have to go grocery shopping because it's over halfway through the season.
0: That is the traditional rule. (laughs) And they decide that Thomas, Reuben, and Liselot will cook, while Lancelot, Comfort, and Toast will shop. What side would you have picked? Probably
1: the shopper side. Yeah, actually, I would definitely choose to be a shopper.
0: Yeah, I think I probably would choose to be a shopper, but I would be inherently suspicious of a cooking challenge. Because cooking challenges tend to be where the mole will hide. If you think of, like, the Vietnamese cooking challenge, for example.
1: What was the Vietnamese cooking challenge again?
0: That was the very first challenge they did after, uh, after Elizabeth was crowned mole. It was the two people learn how to cook the traditional Vietnamese dish, and then have to pass it on to the next two people while everyone else has oh. to like, stack wooden blocks to earn recipe instructions and stuff.
1: Right, I remember that now. It's been a while since I've seen that season. We've seen the finale about four or five times, though.
0: Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, even if that wasn't a great season, I have such a soft spot for that finale just because of all the memories that it brings back for me. And our crazy, crazy day in Antwerp. And we get
1: uh, quite the rendition of Africa by Toto. I don't know why they're singing Africa in America, Maybe Ruben's geographically confused, I don't know.
0: If I couldn't love these people any more than I already do, it was just wonderful. I've come to the conclusion after this episode that Ruben knows exactly what he is doing. I mean, we see it after the execution later, but he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows he's making good television by doing things like this.
1: I like how Thomas copied the mole tactic of letting go of the button. On the walkie-talkie, I'm thinking this this isn't V. Is the mole? This isn't Dutch mole. That was Toast, wasn't it? No, he would have been
0: in the same vehicle as Ruben because of the cook. They were the cooks. Yeah, because Toast was told to let go of the button because they didn't want to hear oh,
1: him. Oh, I see. To let it let Ruben sing.
0: Well, well, no, to shut him up. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in the the shopping car that that they said let go of the button. Right. So the shoppers meet Jill outside the supermarket, and each of them is presented with a loved one on a screen. And we get Lancelot and Tosi's girlfriends, and of course, who do you bring on a loved one's visit? You bring your ex. In the form of comfort.
1: I don't know if that's very comforting.
0: See, I got the impression that maybe they weren't exes when she applied? But I I sort of love the contrast of, like, you have Lancelot's niece appear, you have the rest of the boys' girlfriends or wives... And then you just have Comfort's X, Comfort's ex. Ex-boyfriend? or It was ex-boyfriend, right? Not ex-husband? Well, it was ex-partner, it said on the screen. So I don't know if it's certain. I presume ex-boyfriend. But from the implication, it sounds like they had a kid together, so presumably the, the kid is staying with Sam, I think it was, her, her ex. but Or a robot. I just sort of <laughs> love the, oh yeah, here's my partner, love him dearly. Here's my partner, love him dearly. Here's my ex.
1: Yeah, I forgot to update my list before I
0: came out to
1: film this season. I guess, I guess I still had him down as my as my contact.
0: <laughs> you didn't have time to change that. You couldn't have picked like a family member or a friend or something.
1: Probably there were probably a lot of errands to get done before going out to film. Grocery shopping being one of them, I guess. A little bit of grocery shopping before you go. Get your visa for the. No would be visa free, so that, that that wouldn't make any sense for the states. Prepare with the mental challenges, maybe a few more interviews with production, and then you get on the plane to film, and then comfort sitting on the plane thinking, uh, damn it, I knew I forgot to do something.
0: See, I genuinely actually don't know whether they would need visas. And this is a, a rabbit hole there. I mean, I'm going deep down now, but in theory you could go into America on the ESTA, but they would have then had to know ahead of time they were going to America, probably which is interesting in and of itself. But because they're technically earning money on American soil, would they need a work visa technically to film there? Oh, right.
1: Because they'd be employed, they'd be independent contractors of the company, most likely, right?
0: I don't know whether it would actually fall under the rules of the Esther or not.
1: That's a good question.
0: Which is very interesting. I'd love to know the answer to that, if anyone knows it who's listening. Because I'm kind of fascinated by all this sort of logistics stuff.
1: Yeah, that's kind of our area of expertise
0: on here. Yeah, that may be a question to kind of pick the brains of it, uh, at the finale, actually, is did they need an Esther? Is this a really boring question to ask?
1: <laughs> it's been seven seasons of covering the all, here.
0: <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> We've gotten so far down the list with interviews with Papa Bear Jill DeCosta, and some of the other contestants for now at Esther Questions.
0: Yeah, if anyone's gonna go into the weeds for this sort of uh, for this sort of nonsense question, then it's obviously gonna be us. <laughs>
1: that would be the first question when he interviews somebody in Antwerp.
0: <laughs> Did you need an Esther? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you have somebody from Vier saying, You can't answer that.
0: Yeah, just out of out of interest, um, talk me through the the process of getting to America. I mean, obviously you got on a flight. Was it a direct flight? Did you need a visa? Did you need to go to the American embassy? What meals do they serve on the plane? What films did you watch on the flight? Actually, that'd be interesting. Was it I, Hook? And that kind of sets the uh, the time frame on when you were traveling. Could you tell me what you were watching on the flight? Is Steve Tao nice in person? Did you have enough leg room? Did they give you an exit row? <laughs> these are all essential questions.
1: Yeah. Uh, last question, how was it being the mall?
0: <laughs> I mean, genuinely, obviously we're joking about all these questions, but the legroom issue is, is very important to me, at least. I mean, I'm 6'5", I can't fit in a normal plane seat most of the time.
1: Yeah, especially for Belgians too, right?
0: But yeah, there are certain airlines that I genuinely cannot fly with because I can't fit in the seats. And it's not a width issue, it's a length issue. Story of my life. So in the supermarket, there's three grand to be won, but they must shop blindfolded. Each of them will receive a five-item shopping list, and each correct item is worth 200 euros if purchased at the end of 30 minutes. However, the shopping list is five Rebus puzzles, so they need their loved ones to help interpret. This is a sort of challenge that really doesn't suit us talking about that much, I'll be honest.
1: Well, the Rebus puzzles were based off of Belgian... Celebrities and then Bill and then the tri- and then the Flemish translation for grocery items. So it's it's very tough for us to play along with this one because it taps into Belgian culture as well as uh, Flemish linguistics.
0: I I have to pull you off on that slightly because Peter Sagan is not Belgian. He's Slovak and he is a very famous cyclist. He's won the green jersey in Tour sort of de France many a time, so I recognized him.
1: Oh yeah, a lot of Canadians know him too.
0: Yeah, everyone else, no idea. Peter Sagan is an absolute legend in terms of. He does not take himself seriously in the slightest.
1: I wish Willie Summers was one of the Rebus puzzles. Lancelot, I think, was going to... Thought, I thought he was going to be kicked out of the store or arrested earlier because he opened the bag to taste the tortilla chips and in stores they usually have... In Canada, and I assume in America too, they have signs everywhere saying if you consume any products before exiting the store and paying for it, uh, that's considered theft.
0: Do you mean tortilla chips?
1: Tortilla, 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 quesadilla.
0: No one has ever said tortilla, apart from you just then. (laughs) I know from my time working in retail, it was the bane of my existence, people opening stuff up and um, consuming it on the way around. Because, yeah, I mean, it's technically theft. Obviously, most of the time people brought the packets or whatever to then scan, if they were being honest. But the problem is, the store that I worked in was pretty much all self-services. And self-services work on weight. If you start eating stuff out of a packet of tortilla chips, then it's not going to weigh the same and it will then send an alert and it'll be just a pain in the ass.
1: Oh yeah, do you sneak up behind them and say, well, who the F do you think you are?
0: Oh no, my favourite trick was standing behind the custom service kiosk, watching the screen and watching uh, people, and then when they quote-unquote accidentally forget to put stuff on the scale, I just go, oh, I think you forgot to scan that, and then scan it for them and then walk off. Oh. <laughs> I unsurprisingly was rather passive aggressive with these people.
1: What? I'm just not sound like you.
0: So the cooking team also finds Jill and get their loved ones on robot screens, and it's Lisa Lot's niece, Ruin's girlfriend, and Thomas's wife. And all they have to do for their challenge is cook hot dogs for a competitive eater known as the Bulldog, and each time they serve him five hot dogs, they will earn 500 euros. But they also have to do a challenge blindfolded, though, they got to prepare the hot dogs blindfolded and play a version of Mr. and Mrs. to earn their ingredients. To make it more fun, they also have to pick non-spicy hot dogs or go back to the start. And here's some Morse code to tell them what condiments put on their hot dogs.
1: I believe we saw at least one Amazing Race contestant in the montage for Michael the Bulldog.
0: I presume we saw Joey Chestnut in there. If not, his mate Tim, was it? Eater X. I think it was Tim, his friend. Genuinely can't remember because I've bleached that season out of my mind.
1: I think uh, Eater X is also what uh, uh, Comfort's partner said at one point uh, to production.
0: I did send Bindles a message earlier saying it's a real shame you're not on this podcast this week, because the amount of jokes I could make about people being sprayed in the face by mustard.
1: Yeah, and uh, somebody got sprayed with mayonnaise. Um, Who was it? Oh yeah, the first hot dog that counted. The mayonnaise only got on the bun and yet it's on the outside of the bun, and yet Michael the Bulldog ate it anyway.
0: I mean, by that point, he was probably fairly desperate. He was probably fairly hungry. Yeah, he he was going to put anything in his mouth. After having to wait like 15 minutes for one hot dog to be served to him, I think he was fairly desperate.
1: Yeah, it's the equivalent of wandering through the desert for a week and not finding any food. That's what it's like for these hot dog eating, or these competitive eaters.
0: I mean, let's be real, this challenge was only set up for the potential of people being sprayed in the face by condiments. Because you cannot tell me for a second that Ruben's last one, where he gets sprayed in the neck and face by mustard, was not deliberately set up that they just wanted to try and get as much on him as possible. Yeah, they said we well, would we'll just fire away whatever we have left in the, in the canister. Yeah, there is no way in hell that that was an appropriate amount of condiment to put on any sort of hot dog.
1: You know how lately in Survivor we've had we had a contest contestant prepare for a challenge by constructing the plywood board for that snake maze one, Matthew, in, in season 44 of Survivor? And then Carson printed out past Survivor puzzles on 3D printers to prepare. How do Belgian mole contestants uh, prepare for this? Are they going to start studying Morse code blindfolded and have a friend spray mustard or mayonnaise on them?
0: No, the extent of the preparation that people do for Belgian Mole is things like find a field somewhere, sit in a paddling pool, get dragged around by a quad bike whilst trying to sing German lyrics, that sort of stuff.
1: Also, I've learned with Belgian Mole, you need a high high alcohol tolerance. If you can perform challenges while drunk or tipsy on Belgian Mole, you'll earn lots of money for the pot. And it helps with the hangovers in the morning at the start of a new day of challenges. Because apparently Thomas was over again.
0: I think it's fair to say that if there was any show that we covered that we would want to do, it would be Belgium Mole. I don't drink, obviously, but I would have an absolute blast doing a lot of these challenges. Maybe not the whole getting sprayed in the face by condiments thing, but I would have a lot of fun just messing around on Belgium Mole. Mole or contestant.
1: Thomas really saved himself by saying he would, would choose poor and beautiful over rich and ugly. <laughs> when him and his partner were syncing up answers. I was thinking, oh, you dodged a bullet there, Thomas. You dodged a bullet.
0: Yeah, the problem with both of these kind of half-challenges is the fact that there really isn't much for us to talk about. I have less than a page of notes between the two of them.
1: Yeah, they didn't show too many of the um, newlywed game questions during the hot dog challenge.
0: No, because they kept getting them wrong.
1: There had to be some funny mistakes that they made. There had to be some ridiculous questions in there.
0: I do wonder how many attempts are allowed, because they had to get 20 hot dogs maximum. That was all we saw in the graphic. So was there only 20 rounds of this? But it was 15 minutes. Well,
1: 15 minutes. Or how long did they have? Half an hour? They had half an hour. So it had to be more than 20, because it seemed like one single round took under a minute. Or right around a minute. And then we get a Breaking Bad moment when Michael the Bulldog just starts uh, ringing the bell silently. And then I guess it's his way to communicate that the hot dog was either too cold or too hot.
0: He is the one who rings.
1: Yeah, who is the guy from Breaking Bad that always rings the bell? I'm trying to think of that character's name.
0: I don't know. I've never seen it.
1: Eh, Hector. Ah, I can't remember. Anyways. Yeah, so I like that they had a Breaking Bad reference by making the the competitive eater ring the bell like he couldn't talk. (laughs) Just panicked.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure I got food
1: poisoning Papa Bear Jill DaCosta.
0: I'm not surprised with some of the food handling skills that we saw in this challenge. Even Ruben, who is, you know, a professional pastry chef, I'm not sure I would have eaten the hot dogs that he provided.
1: And then Lisa Lots of Butcher, right? Yeah. And then the, that's who Michael the Bulldog was freaking out over, was uh, the the hot dog that Lot was handing him.
0: So in the shop, the batteries on the robot runs out quickly, so they need to charge or run out. However, there is only one charging station, so they need to coordinate their charging. And Comfort's battery runs out, and she's left all alone without her ex.
1: Yeah, I'm sure she was really sad about that. And then, Twos uh, was telling... Comfort to try and just do the challenge by herself, saying that she didn't need to charge the battery right away and that he needed to charge his battery longer. How is she going to do it? She's blindfolded.
0: <laughs> I do wonder if there was a better tactic that they didn't think of here. Because I wonder how much you could get the other loved ones to help. Because if you say, if you say, put one of the loved ones on charge and then have the other two loved ones guide the three of you between you then you'll probably succeed and get all 15 items.
1: Yeah, that would be an idea. Because it seems like they weren't very efficient with their charging, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, because they all wanted to charge at the same time, which then meant that they all had to run to the front of the store, and it just didn't work.
1: I also noticed that production, I think, had to intervene a lot during this challenge, because at one point, I can't remember whose robot it was, that just completely fell over, and I'm thinking, a producer definitely stood that robot back up.
0: That was toast, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that was one of the unwritten rules, that if the robot falls over, a is standing right there to just pick it back up.
0: I presume the supermarket was closed properly for them, because we never yeah. actually saw any cashiers.
1: Yeah, maybe what they did early in the, that challenge early in the morning?
0: I think it was probably the evening.
1: Or after, yeah. I guess it'd be slower in the evening.
0: Yeah, I think it was probably in the evening, because then they got to spend the evening with their loved ones. Making sweet mustard in the case of Reuben. (laughs) At least it's not mayonnaise. So there's also a bonus on the cornflakes. There's a red pack right at the top of the stack, and if it's collected, it's worth €1,000 if it's cashed out. However, if they knock over any of the other packs, they will be ejected from the store.
1: That was impossible.
0: I don't know. I think it was possible if Lancelot didn't run in there like a bull in a china shop. Because Lancelot, I think, is a similar height to me so he would definitely have been able to reach it he just didn't wait for his girlfriend to actually bother helping him if he'd been a little bit less impetuous about it he would have he would have actually been able to stretch and be told how much room he had rather than just kind of collapsing into the stack of cornflakes you just got cornflaked so yeah he he obviously knocks the stack over and is
1: ejected <laughs> well there's there was no strategy to it he just grabbed one and then I'm thinking, well, of course there's gonna be five or six or seven boxes that are gonna fall. You just grabbed one without thinking about it. Just oh here's a cornflakes box it's it, it was I thought it was set up similar to that extra mini game they had in season two of the American version of the mole when they could earn uh, all that extra money if they could pour several extra glasses of wine and then transport it. And they lose. They lose all of that money within 0.2 seconds. With I think it was Heather and Bill or Heather and Al. It might would be Heather and Al. Where they lost it within 0.2 seconds. And they said, "Yeah, we didn't really think that through. We we had no chance of winning that." And I feel like the cornflakes mini game here was essentially the same way. Where if one person attempted it, you're not going to figure out the strategy of it on the first try, especially under a time crunch and being blindfolded and you're interacting with your loved one through a robot medium, you're you're not going to do it. You're not going to succeed.
0: Yeah, and also the consequence of failure was the fact that you basically knocked €2,000 out of the game. Yeah. So a fourth hot dog is delivered, meaning the cooks can still earn €500 if they're quick. Ruben gets a neck full of mustard, and they miss the final opportunity to earn money earning nothing of 2,000 euros for their challenge. Toast and Comfort pay for two correct items each, for a total of 800 euros of 4,000 for their side of the challenge, and Jill promises them some quality time with their loved ones later, as the robots are recharging. Going back to my love of logistics, this would have been a very late night for all of the loved ones. That's
1: right, Arizona is about it's only one hour ahead of me, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Arizona's minus seven. It's either minus six or minus seven depending on the time of year, I think, but
1: Yeah, they don't do daylight savings time there, I don't think.
0: Yeah, so I I think it is minus seven, and then on top of that, Belgium is plus one, so it's an eight-hour difference, and they were were chilling by the pool in Tucson in the evening, so it must have been a very late night for all of their loved ones.
1: Or they just woke up really early in the morning. But they also had the grocery store, they had the two challenges there, so yeah, I guess they were just willing to do one night of that in their schedule. I hope none of them had to go into work the next day. That's another question you need to ask in Antwerp.
0: <laughs> More logistics questions. Yeah.
1: What time was it when your partner had to do the grocery shopping challenge when you collided with 12 boxes of cornflakes, Lancelot?
0: Well, I, th- I think if my math is right, this would have been a Monday that they filmed this. It's a Monday night going into Tuesday morning. Maybe
1: Comfort's ex was the only one who didn't have to work the next day, and that's why he was he was selected.
0: Maybe. And Lancelot keeps tapping the butt of his robot, and Reuben thinks of his girlfriend whenever he's in the car or in the shower. <laughs> like I said, Reuben knows exactly what he's doing here. He knows he's going to make good TV when he says these things. So, con to their loved ones, Leesalot, Toast, Comfort, and Lancelot could be the mole, and Thomas and Reuben couldn't, and Reuben looks genuinely gutted to be called enthusiastic rather than anything suspicious by his loved one.
1: I wish when all of the loved ones are being quizzed, if their loved one could be the mole or not, if if everyone said, ah, could be, maybe not, and then just one of them says, definitely, 100%, they totally gave it away earlier today, 100% the mole.
0: I must admit, I do love it every single time we get a family visit that we get this recurring scene of, yeah, maybe my loved one could be the mole. Because it's so wonderful, especially when people are married, for example, and they've been together for years and years, like Thomas and his wife. It's wonderful to see whether, if they are the mole, they can actually fool their their spouse, long term spouse. Yeah,
1: I was hoping for more fireworks between Comfort and her ex, especially asking, could your could your ex be the mole? Oh yeah, she's really devious. She cheated on me a bunch of times. I didn't, even, I didn't find out for years. I was tricked and fooled.
0: My absolute favorite thing is that outside of Lisa, lot and her niece everyone but Comfort and Sam got some sort of lounging in the pool, a half-naked scene, and then you just get Comfort sat by a fire because she's obviously not showing anything else to Sam now.
1: Yeah, she has, to, she has to friend-zone him to the max.
0: It's so friend-zoned, it's wonderful. I'm surprised she
1: just didn't take the robot to a board game cafe nearby or something just to make it very, very clear.
0: It just really tickled me that Like, all of the guys are lounging by the pool, talking to their loved ones, telling them how much they miss them, talking about stroking the arse of the robot in the case of Lancelot, talking about thinking of her while he's in the shower like Ruben does, and then you just get comfort sat by a fire, just going, no, we're friendly, we talk about my daughter, that's it.
1: (laughs) That is the extent of our interaction. It's purely about custody over the child. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine how awkward that would be if that's the part of the conversation they aired. It's just I get I get her weekdays, you get her on the weekends.
0: That would have been so awkward. I mean imagine my reaction if you were on the mall and you got to the loved ones visit and then it came up Logan's ex, and you can just imagine my reaction to that. I would be howling at that.
1: Oh jeez, which one? If it was my my coworker as an XO. That would be a horrendous conversation. I would let the robot battery get to 0%. There would be no charging
0: station. She would be guiding you through the robot, just constantly walking into the shelving, just going, this is what you deserve. (laughs) All I want is the vegan cheese. So it's day 12 in Tucson, and we find out that Reuben tried to spoon Thomas last night after seeing his girlfriend. As long as nobody
1: was humping the robot, we'll consider that a win.
0: Reuben, why are you acting out the Morse code for the word mayonnaise? Yeah, I was about to
1: I was about to say
0: <laughs> the more
1: of just just like Reuben the mayonnaise from the robot.
0: Dot dot dash dot dot o
1: oh. o oh, o oh, dot dot o. Oh.
0: <laughs> so at breakfast. Jill is looking for three film experts who will have the chance to win Pastwagen, and three people who prefer to do their own stunts who will have the chance to experience a trip of a lifetime. What would you have chosen?
1: Oh, definitely the lifetime one.
0: I mean, obviously, you know if you're doing Belgian Mole, that if you get the option to do some sort of big challenge, it's going to be really fun, probably. I think if I'd seen that hangar opening and seen the little plane, I wouldn't have been particularly comfortable.
1: They stole that challenge from Amazing Race Family Edition.
0: They stole that challenge from Mole UK Series 2. Well, yeah. In fact, that challenge was one of the major hints as to who the mole was. Oh. Because the mole picked a call sign and I've referenced this many times on the podcast. They all had to pick call signs and um, the mole picked a call sign that actually referenced the final reveal location. That's a good hint. It was a very good hint. It was one of the bigger hints of the, uh, of the series. So Thomas, Lancelot, and Lisa lot are the film experts. At least once Lisa lot reminds Thomas that he's so old he'll know black and white films. And Ruben, Comfort, and Toast are the stunt people.
1: I like that Papa Bear Jill DaCosta joined them for breakfast. A lot better than having Santina from Big Brother Can 11 join for breakfast. Because if Santina was there, she would just complain about the food that Ruben made.
0: Yeah, they've they've got back into the habit of chill eating with everyone and all that sort of stuff in it. It just makes it feel less like an organised competition and more like the fun travel log, documentary aspect they're going for. So the stunt team find a big garage, or more appropriately a hangar, and a small plane inside. Lisa L- Lancelot and Thomas find Gilla at a runway, and they will be flying a quadcopter, specifically not a drone, kind of point out as a quadcopter, through a stunt course. Each obstacle that they clear will earn them a clue to a film title, and each correct title is worth €1,500 Euros for the pot.
1: Thomas and Lisa Lot are the ones from West Flanders, right?
0: Yes, they are. Because
1: Jill makes a not-so-subtle reference that they're speaking to each other in a language that only they understand.
0: So there is also a bonus clue that can be earned, which is a clip of the film, but for that they need help from the air. Those in the air will be doing three stunts and must describe them accurately to the person on the ground, and if they correctly identify those three stunts, then they will earn a correct clip quadcopter must land before the stunt plane does, or they will lose any clues that they've earned. Lancelot gets the wrong clip, so the only clue that they received was Sigourney Weaver, leading them, allegedly, to Ghostbusters.
1: I like how Inglorious Bastards played, and then they said, oh, the tip number one is Sigourney Weaver, and then I realised, yeah, she's not in Inglorious Bastards. Because I recognised that movie right away. <laughs> or is she? <laughs> she makes a cameo at the end?
0: So yeah, they say copycat and are obviously wrong.
1: Yeah, what was what was that strategy there? You got to go with a film that go for Aliens, go for some or whole something that she's well known for. Yeah, why the hell would you pick Copycat? I I don't mean to diss the contestants here, but that was that was it's got to be if they're testing contestants on American films, they have to pick something that's universal.
0: Yeah, I feel like if any challenge this season is going to be one that contains a clue to who the mole is, it's going to be this one.
1: Oh, so the mole's Steve Tao?
0: Yeah, the mole is Steve Tao. He's going to come back next week as a uh, a surprise. But this is the sort of place where they can sneak clues in, and they obviously love doing movie-related hints anyway. But whether that is Thomas saying copycat, whether that is maybe someone flying the quadcopter to spell out a word, that sort of thing... I don't know, this is the sort of thing where I think they're probably going to have hidden a clue somewhere.
1: Oh yeah, uh, definitely.
0: So Toast is second to fly in the plane, and Slot controls the quadcopter. Toast's final stunt is essentially falling straight down, which is quite a famous stunt. Slot doesn't land before him, so they lose the only clue that they earned. However, Thomas got the right combination of stunts, leading them to the film Hook. However, they don't know it, and write down Noelle?
1: So... To break this down, when that clip played, I haven't really seen the movie Hook, but as soon as the child says, oh, oh child refers to Robin Williams as Peter, then then I realize, oh, okay, it's definitely Hook. Peter Pan. It, that's, that was really obvious to me, because Robin Williams is really well known for being in the movie Hook. That was one of his biggest movies uh, earlier on in, in his career, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty famous adaptation of Peter Pan.
1: Yeah, and Robin Williams is the actor in it. Yeah. So I was thinking, how do you not get it from, just from that? Even, and they, he even described, the, so Thomas sees the clip, and he describes those details to both Lancelot and Lacelot, and I was just blown away that I refuse to believe that all three of them didn't think of Hook. I could see one person not knowing, especially if it was a much younger contestant or... Maybe you have a couple of contestants who just don't really watch American films or one person watches some American films, but not all and another person just not being well versed on movies at all. But for all three of them to not think of Hook is really, really, really suspicious to me and that the mole has to be one of those three people because that, that, that just that just blows my mind, especially because they would all be in the right age group for it.
0: Here's the thing, though, and I really don't want to suspect Thomas here, but he did something very suspicious. He didn't mention Peter once. He didn't? No. I was I was paying very close attention to what he said to Lancelot and to Lisa Lot here. He didn't mention the quote that he actually heard once. He didn't mention that Robin Williams was playing, or Robbie Williams, was playing a character called Peter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he, he said Robbie Williams. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he didn't mention that the character Robbie Williams was playing the Peter, <laughs> And I think that might have led them to the correct area at least, rather than just saying Noel. which I mean, Gilles Costa dick moment, he just sasses them at the end like, I've never even heard of that film.
1: At least pick a movie that exists. So, did anyone else quote anything from the movie clips?
0: Well, they knew the world-famous actor Matteo Simone film that Lancelot saw. And obviously, Lancelot saw the wrong clip he saw in Glorious Bastards rather than Ghostbusters.
1: But did they quote it, though? Like, did they see the clip and then quote it for the other two?
0: I think the other two both knew what film that was from.
1: So they didn't bother, like, sharing what the quote was?
0: No, Thomas described the entire scene without actually saying anything that he had heard or who the character name was which in his position, I absolutely would have I would have led with that if I didn't know it was Hook. I would have said, yeah, he seems to be playing a character called Peter. He was wearing green. He was with a young child. All of that would lead you to at least Peter Pan. And then you go, oh, well, what Peter Pan adaptation did Robbie Williams star in? Obviously, it's going to be Hook.
1: Unless the only other thing I can think of is maybe the audio was tough to hear and the fact that it's in English. That's English audio in a noisy area. That's why they couldn't hear it. That's the only explanation I have as to why nobody was quoting any of the films.
0: Even then, if he couldn't hear it, you say to them, Oh, I couldn't hear what he was actually saying. He didn't mention anything about having heard anyone speak.
1: Or maybe they just wouldn't bother
0: to complain about it? Yeah, I don't know. It was suspicious from Thomas anyway.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I was just blown away. I'm thinking how... I thought for sure Lancelot would say, Oh yeah, it's probably Hook. Based on that description, or or just even somebody suggesting hook, because what were the suggestions they made before they settled on Noel? It was just Mrs. Doubtfire. Did they think of any other Robin Williams films? Did they even say Good Morning Vietnam or Jumanji? I think they said Dead Poets Society. Right, Dead Poets. Okay, yeah. So they don't even choose any of it. like yeah, not even good or Good Will Hunting
0: oh. or Mindy. Maybe an episode of Bork and Mindy. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back, but I've just thought if Lancelot was the one to say Dead Poet Society, when he's doing the guiding for lot in that same round, guiding, he talks about this is your captain speaking. Oh, captain, my captain.
1: Oh, Captain Hook.
0: Yeah, and Captain Hook. Oh god, that might be a clue that I've just stumbled ass backwards onto. Because
1: Lancelot is... He's the least fluent English speaker in this cast, and yet he pulls out an English movie quote.
0: I think he said that once earlier in the season as well. This is your captain speaking. Oh no! I think Lads lost them all. You know
1: what's funny? T- Do you want to fast forward to my suspect list right now?
0: We've both got him number one this week. Spoilers.
1: Yeah, I have him as number one because the cornflakes fumble. I thought, oh, for sure, he's that was too much of a screw up in the fact that. Uh, he was the only one to screw up the landing of the quadcopter, and that, and he could just screw up the moves of the plane so easily, so that he saw the clip of Inglorious Bastards, and then the fact that he couldn't think of Hook as a Robin Williams film.
0: I think we had it established in the um, in the Army episode that he played football or soccer as well, so I would put money on him being the captain of his football team. Tunnel busy. So we see Comfort say that she's hesitant to board the plane, mainly to stop the other team receiving passfragen, and we also find out that the others will earn a passfrag each if they correctly guess which of the stunt team was not doing stunts, but they will earn two if they correctly guess that everyone was doing stunts. How would you have played this if you were on that stunt team?
1: If I was Comfort, I'm getting in that plane. Because there's not... There's not much incentive for her to block pass frog and when it seems like she's pretty confident she has a big advantage over everyone else going into the next execution.
0: And also, from Comfort's point of view, you've already been saved once. If you then go home with the next execution, at least you've had a really fun experience out of it.
1: Yeah. And then you can say, well, I definitely just didn't deserve to win the season.
0: So Lancelot manages to get through the low hoop and the high hoop, landing three clues. Lisa also got the correct fragments, and they quickly select the film as Marina, starring world-famous actor Matteo Simone. A correct guess for the past fragment will also earn them €1,500. We find out that Comfort was not on board the plane, but merely watching from a plane seat on the ground.
1: The thing is, I thought she wasn't in the plane because her descriptions were really vague. That's what I had in my notes. I like that the editors let us play along to figure out if comfort was in the plane or not. Because like I said her descriptions are really, really vague compared to Toos and Ruben, but yet there wouldn't really be strategic incentive for her to not be in the plane.
0: Yeah, I think she was in a no win situation because either she didn't do it and she took one for the team just to stop them at least earning one of the pass for Argen, Or she did it just to be pickheaded and then probably got cut out anyway. Because as soon as you're in a team with Toast and with Ruben, they're obviously going to want to do it. So you are the only person who is potentially going to stop the other team earning two pass dragon each. Although, having said that, Lisa Lot probably would have given hers away. Yeah. <laughs> or
1: refused. No, you keep it, Jill. Papa Bear Jill the heads into the execution with two pass dragon.
0: So the ground team say that everyone flew but they're wrong for a total of 1500 euros of 6000 for the challenge 2300 of 12000 for the episode and 16820 of almost 60000 for the season so far it's quote at the execution it's actually 58500 it's the maximum
1: Thomas Lancelot and Lancelot that trio that was, it was just the moliest chain of events i've seen at a task in a long time just with the m- m- amount of errors they made and then not figuring out that Comfort wasn't in the plane when they initially thought, oh, Comfort probably wasn't in there. And then suddenly the tide shifted during their discussion, and then suddenly, oh, okay, I guess they do think she was flying. This, that's very weird, given how confident they were just 30 seconds ago that she wasn't.
0: Yeah, and also it's quite telling that they managed to get the most clues out of Comfort's descriptions than the other two. Like, Lisa Lot was very, very confident on Comfort's descriptions because she could actually see what the plane was doing.
1: Yes. So she got to see the correct movie clip.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Jill also tells him to prepare for test and execution. It is time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows these codes except for the mole who can never go home. Lisa Lot says she finds Lancelot difficult to assess. He always seems to be trying, but never successful. Ruben also completed a hot dog, but as long as he didn't get to five... The team earned no money. Thomas says he can't understand Lisa Lot, but she didn't think he was listening to her. Lancelot says Ruben described things poorly. Everything was always a loop. Comfort says Toast had about five or ten minutes to walk around the store unattended and barely brought anything back. Lancelot knocked over the superstack almost immediately, which is suspicious to Toast. And Ruben says that we're at the phase where you should know who the mole is, but he still doesn't. Jill states the obvious, they are here to unmask the mole, but also to earn money, and with barely a quarter of the maximum, the mole will be enjoying themselves, and Lancelot and Thomas get green screens before Lysalot is the one to be sent home.
1: And I think half of her montage was dedicated to her whipping skills.
0: It certainly was, as were most of Ruben's memories of her.
1: We are Devo by Lisalot being executed, but the band Devo is very happy to see the whipping montage.
0: I was this close to making Tose's reaction to Ruben talking about Lisa Lott being good with the whip, our banner this week, but he was just a little bit too blurry on the front of the screen because they were focusing on Ruben just having a Cheshire Cat grin. So instead it is, of course, the reaction of the condiment-covered team just being like, yeah, we done fucked up after the first challenge.
1: At least Lisa Lott's partner wasn't there this week because... I'm guessing the robot would have been whipped a few times.
0: And if you're Lancelot's girlfriend, I mean, he was he was using everything but a whip by the sound of things. I'm I'm just glad he
1: didn't whip it out.
0: So she says it's a really good mole. Jill compliments her and says she entered the game in a very unconventional way, and her highlight was being pulled out of the caravan as it was so unexpected. Thomas was hard on her before they met, but then she flew into their arms and was full of warmth and affection. Ruben says she was good with a whip and Toast is confused. Jill recommends that no one gets close to her and Toast says she set the tone for the group by not taking advantages. Next time everyone goes back to school, Ruben goes rollerblading, and Comfort and Reuben seem to be abandoned in the parking lot.
1: So this is... How many times is it the season now that my bottom suspect has gone home?
0: Four, is it? Three? Four out
1: of five executions, so... It makes for an interesting finish, anyway.
0: It does. To quote Ruben spooning with Thomas at the start of day 12. How freaked out would you have been to
1: see the propeller plane stop spinning the propeller?
0: Oh, I would have absolutely shot myself. I wouldn't have been very comfortable going up in that plane to begin with.
1: And then the pilot should have turned towards the contestants and say, This isn't part of the
0: trick! This isn't part of the trick! What the pilot should have done is just kind of (laughs) slumped over the controls. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I really hope Kareem Abdul-Jabbar takes over. That would have been the perfect troll moment.
1: <laughs> and then uh, when I the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a co-pilot reference, then uh, Lot, Lancelot, and Thomas try to figure out what movie I'm referencing. They're like, oh yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a co-pilot? Uh, I don't know, what movie is that? Uh, 101 Dalmatians? Oh, it's, it's Cars. That makes sense. They are not cinephiles, that's for sure. Oh, everyone needs to you need everyone needs to give them a hard time about guessing the Welper hook. I like how Jill just outright says that's that's not a it's not a movie I've seen.
0: Maybe a French independent film at best. So with Slot going home, my pool team is now Lancelot, Comfort, and Toast. While you still have Ruben and Thomas, and this is the last week for any switches. We can officially decide up until Sunday evening whether we want to do any swaps. How do we swap? Just have to say it.
1: But you're, are you allowed to swap back for the same person?
0: Depends who you take.
1: Or are you just amending the rules if it doesn't go your
0: way? That's right, up. So on First suspicions, our current leader with a perfect score of 15 is April Bright. 15. On the other end of the table, I'm happy to report that my First Impressions is no longer the worst of the lot, as it is now on a score of 29, with the highest being 30. Two people, Walter and Anastasia, both on First Impressions had her at number 1, while 11 people, Bram Femke and Sean on First Impressions, and James David, Jan Kuruman again, Sandra, Sean again, Bindles, a fuzzy orange, and Miel had her at number 9, and a special shout-out to my First Impressions for having her at number 10. The adjusted order is exactly the same as last week, Lancelot on 2.8 out of 5, with Ruben on 2.88, Comfort on 3, toast on 3.12 and Thomas on 3.2. Adding Us in would switch Thomas and Tos and put Lancelot and Ruben equal on 2.78. You can, as always, do the Suspect List on Bothers Bar each week at SuspectList.RTVWarriors.com or at the link in our bio. And last week, production told us who Belgium suspected after 4 episodes, Ruben's now number 1 with 25.5%, followed by Tos on 21, Thomas on 193 Lot on 12, Comfort on 11.8, and Lancelot on 10.4. Who do you suspect?
1: Number one, Lancelot. Number two, Reuben. Number three, Twos. Number four, Thomas. Number five, Comfort. Because Twos had some opportunities to sabotage this week and didn't really take full advantage, especially when yeah, he did bring in some money during the grocery shopping challenge. I felt like that would have been an easy one to not bring in money for. And then with the movie challenge, I think you had to be in the film expert role if you're the mole to sub Because if you were in the plane, there wasn't really a whole lot you could do other than provide a wrong film clip. You didn't have any control over how many tips were unlocked and what the guesses ultimately were. All the money was there if you're on the ground.
0: It is interesting from a production standpoint, that challenge split, because you have the obvious shiny thing of, oh, you're going to be doing something fun. But then on the other side, you have something where you go, actually, this is going to be more useful for you staying in the game.
1: It was an interesting dilemma.
0: Yeah, I completely agree the mole was probably on that side. But I think from a production standpoint, it's a very interesting way to say up going, here's something bright and shiny that you're going to enjoy. But on the other side, here's maybe some information that you're going to want to get. It's the risk versus reward aspect that is so beautifully portrayed in this production team. Every single time they do this sort of a challenge. Is the, do you want to have fun now or do you want to try and win? Because you can't do both.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting dilemma. How much do you want to take advantage of this experience or are you just here to win?
0: I think despite me being uber competitive, my answer would always be do the fun thing. Because I'm there for the, the experience of doing it. Maybe not if you throw me out of a plane or, or off a crane, a bungee jump, but most other things I'd probably give a, a good crack. So my suspicions in order are Lancelot, Thomas, Reuben, and Comfort, and Bindles has actually sent his nice and earlier this week so I can tell you what they are. And that is Thomas, Tosin, Lancelot, Comfort, and Reuben in that order.
1: Oh, it's got Ruben last now.
0: Also worth pointing out that because this is only a seven-week season where we actually predict, next week we are down to just one suspect each.
1: And it was interesting with the the cooking challenge too that they didn't make any money during the hot dog challenge, and Ruben was terrible at that, and they did not make any money when Ruben was in the plane either this week, right? So that's why I still have Ruben in that number two slot because he still kept quite a bit of money out of the pot even though he wasn't in the roles that were majorly focused on. Because there's more focus on what was going on with grocery shopping versus the hot dogs. People, I think a lot of people are forgetting that the hot dog challenge earned nothing when they had a lot of money available there.
0: Yeah, my, my feeling on Ruben is he's probably the winner. I... I feel like he's, he's just becoming more of an obvious candidate to me in terms of the entertainment value um, and in terms of knowing exactly what he's doing when he says things like, oh, she was good with a whip. But I think he's probably being set up to win at the end, which will be amazing. I think, honestly, I'm now going completely back on what I said last week, and I'm torn between Lancelot and Thomas for who them all is.
1: And then Two's dropped this week, so as I said before, he wasn't really... He could have sabotaged a lot more. And then I'm curious what Comfort is going to do from this round forwards. just how she's going to try and attract suspicion onto herself. And now, if there's a question of, is the mole male or female? She's automatically got a point over everybody else.
0: Yeah, and it's also worth pointing out that Every single woman this season has had a red screen now. That's right.
1: If comfort goes next week, would would this be the first ever all-male Final Four in any mole worldwide?
0: As far as I'm aware, yeah.
1: Because there's only been, what, two all-male Final Threes, right? With Belgium, Mexico, and another season somewhere out there?
0: (laughs) Yeah, despite what you think when you think of reality TV... It's very, very rare for there to be an all-male final anything unless it's set up as part of the show. So yeah, it would be very rare for it to be even an all-male final three here, but all-male final four is unprecedented as far as I'm aware.
1: Especially when the mole has smaller casts than uh, Survivor or Amazing
0: Race. Yeah. Final question then, who do you think going home next week?
1: I think Comfort has a good idea of who the mole is at this point. I think Thomas is going to go next week. And if Thomas goes, I feel like it's going to make the ending to this season easier to figure out.
0: Yeah. I mean, selfishly, obviously, I hope it's either Lancelot or Thomas, just so next week when we go down to one suspect, I can go, it's definitely them. I'm 100% confident on it. I think Ruben's probably winning. I think either... Yeah, Lancelot or Thomas are going next week and the other one is going to end up being the mole. I honestly think we're probably going to get an all-male final three.
1: Yeah, it's very possible.
0: Anything else you want to say?
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: Wonderful. In that case, thank you for listening to our Demol Belkia Season 11 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the newest mole in Arizona. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, TV Warriors, or you can email us and contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at Lugsparki and I'm MJ Helmstone. Don't forget, you can also support us on Patreon at patreoncom Warriors. See you next week.
1: Peace out and just chill till the next flavoring.